France win the first game against New Zealand, I think that sets the tone. I think they're the best team in the world. I'm going to go Ireland. I'm going to get off the fence once and for all. This is our best chance. Really. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always, through to five. I don't know about you, but the World Cup is beginning to feel like a distant memory right now. Arsenal versus Man United tomorrow. Liverpool taking on Chelsea at the moment. Goalless at Anfield. The Premier League is relentless. The quality is there. And the former Republic of Ireland international, Stephen Elias, will join the team for Football Saturday from three as we discuss the hot topics of the week and update you on all of the goals as soon as they go in this afternoon. It is All-Ireland Club Finals Weekend in Gaelic Games. Both the deciders at Croke Park tomorrow. Ballyhell Shamrocks, the most successful side in club hurling history, but has experienced the club more than its fair share of tragedy as well as triumph. Michael Fenley will join us at about 2.35 to talk about the Kilkenny Institution. We're not forgetting Dunloy, Glen, and Kilmuckle Croaks. There'll be a strong Ulster flavour to the Saturday panel from half one. 53106, folks, the number for your texts at the cost of 30 cent. If you want to share your opinions with us when it comes to sport this afternoon, if you have any questions as well for our guests during the show, you can also tweet us out off the ball. But as always, we'll start off our Saturday with the news round as we bring up to date on what's happening elsewhere. Wexford's finest, Aidan Delaney, with me in studio. With a red tinge, mm. you can admit that you're a Liverpool fan. I am. What is happening in this Liverpool-Chelsea game? Uh, so I am not enjoying this Liverpool game so far, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, 34 minutes on the clock and it's Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil. But Chelsea have had numerous opportunities. The Liverpool defence has been pretty much all at sea for these opening 34 minutes. And Chelsea did have the ball in the net as well. Kai Havertz scoring after just three minutes. But it was called back rightly for offside by VAR. But... Um, as I say, Chelsea have been, you know, it, it's a case of when, not if, that right. Chelsea score in this when game. It, it feels like um, Cody Gakpo on the other side has had a couple of chances that he's blazed over, but um, we just see uh, James Milner on the ball here and... Uh, you know that's kind of summed up his game so far. He's been decent enough uh, defensively. He's probably the only one in that back four who's had a decent game so far. But his distribution going forward is just nowhere near the level of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was on the bench today for Liverpool. And and that's what you're missing when you know you you keep Trent on the bench. And obviously, you know his defensive problems have been well uh, documented this season and and previous seasons as well. But uh, that's what you're missing going forward. And it looks like, as I say, when not if for Chelsea so far. So looking through the teams, Liverpool with. Uh Five changes going into this one from the defeat at Brighton. So Milner captaining the side, uh, Gomez as well in defence, Keita, uh, Bacicic and Elias coming into the team there. For Chelsea, just the one change, Kukurea in for uh, Chukwemeka with uh, Lewis Hall in a more advanced position. And uh, Mudrik is on the bench for Chelsea. Yes. So what do you make of those teams? Yeah, it's, it's a very strong Chelsea team. Obviously, they haven't been uh, flavour of the moment at the minute, but uh, they're definitely, I think that Mudrik signing is quite true from Chelsea. Obviously, there is maybe a chance that they've probably overpaid for him. But I mean, when you get to 100 million money doesn't really matter to these teams anymore and Todd Bowley's just happy that he's got his man but I think it will be he's definitely a signing that can improve this Chelsea team and we know all about their their kind of struggles uh, when it comes to scoring goals and you know Kai Havertz has already had the ball in the net so far but he's not somebody that's going to get you 25 yeah, he's got 30 six goals. this season so far it's yeah, not 25 so he's, he's a, a decent player but um, definitely I think that Chelsea are a bit more uh, frightening going forward now Mudrick obviously on the bench today but um, he's he's definitely going to play a part in now, the rest of the season 
Pete. Manager roulette uh, between David Moyes and Frank Lampard this afternoon. Yeah, so uh, that's obviously a huge clash coming up at the London Stadium at three o'clock. Both uh, struggling against relegation at the minute, West Ham and fellow strugglers Everson. We can hear from Toffee's boss, Frank Lampard. He's under pressure after some poor results recently, but he has, of course, been in this position before. Everton escaping relegation after a strong second half of the season in 2022, and he says they can do it again. In certain areas, we have um, same, the same players that we had last year in that fight who've been through it before. In certain areas, I think especially defensively, we added players with a real character and personality. That's why up until recently in a tough run of form, we were one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, and of course, we've lost you know, a big player in Richardson, who was a real sort of talisman of ours in that sort of running. So there are different elements that we need to, to show again in terms of fight um, to, to show that we've got the capacity. I came in, I think, with 18 games to go last year. So we're in a similar spot to where we were last year. And um, the, the emotions change weekly with, by result throughout those 18 games. I lived that last year and it was an amazing experience. Not always good. The end result was good. Um, so I know um, what it takes and some of the players do, but that's all words. When it's in front of us again now, we absolutely have to act on it. Well, well I'd, like, I'd like to hope not, and I haven't seen anything that's got, got to those levels at all, and we'd like to hope not. And again, I think it's passion, um, and we obviously hope that um, things would never overspill. Again, we all want the same thing as a club. When I talk about a club, I mean everybody together. It's, it's what saw us be such a, a force, a force in getting out of that relegation battle in terms of the big games that we won. Everyone was together and it was a great feeling. Um, and I'm not here asking or telling anyone how to act, but we know that when we're like that, and our responsibility as players and staff is to produce the football side of it. Sometimes they come hand in hand and they work together and you, you have to rely on the fans sometimes and they have to rely that the players will do something out of the ordinary to win a game. At the minute, those things aren't happening game for us, to be fair. There are games we've played recently at home, not, probably not Brian because I think it was emphatic in the six, seven minutes finished the game, but we've been competing every game and things that would go for you and the table would look dramatically different and this press conference would be dramatically different. I'm not going our way. We can't moan about that or complain because it's a reality. We just have to keep working. Uh, Offaly finest Will O'Callaghan is with us as well Will how is the form um, I'm looking at West Ham 18th Everton 19th probably about six to 700 million spent by both clubs in the last yeah. few years Yeah obviously neither club can afford to be relegated that's the long and the short of it and neither team can seem to pick up form at the moment I was watching David Moyes' uh, press conference yesterday and he was making the point that everything he's done for West Ham previously and keeping him in the Premier League is the reason that they should stick with him during this sticky period And the Europa League run yeah, I mean, the thing is, I suppose the Europa League run very quickly melts away, though, when you consider their form this season. And even like how well they played in the Conference League earlier, it's points in the Premier League that would matter between now and the end of this season. And how he would love to get a victory against his former side, Everton, how badly they need a result as well, because there's a lot of movement within that bottom half of the Premier League. Dan McDonnell and I were sitting here the other night uh, pondering where Crystal Palace were when it seemed like they were about to take another defeat against Manchester United. It is a United. snakes and ladder situation, isn't it? Because Wolves have got Lapetegui in there now. I yeah. think he's like Cooper has turned Forrest around since they backed him. Uh, even Nathan Jones has said Hampton. It's fascinating. It's very hard at the moment. I think Bournemouth are going down. It's very hard to predict the other two. Yeah, like there's a basically a 10-point window across eight or nine teams at the moment. So if you have two or three bad weeks, you can easily get sucked into a relegation battle. I'd agree. I think Wolves always had enough quality yeah. once uh, Julian Lopetegui came in and you've got a manager who has them well set up. They're likely to shoot up the table now at this stage. I think they're in a very false position. But oof, you look at even, say, Everton, where Dominic Cavert-Lewin was so crucial previously 
and he can't find any find the form. I wonder is Danny Ings going to be the man that will perhaps come into West Ham after they've signed him that might just get the goals. He's got experience of keeping teams up that end. Yeah, because Antonio and Scamacca aren't really firing the, the way, say, Ivan Tony is, for example, at Brentford. Uh, speaking of Wolves there, great news from an Irish perspective today, Aidan. Yeah, so uh, elsewhere, a Republic of Ireland midfielder, Joe Hodge has committed his future to Wolves by signing a contract extension. The 20-year-old has put pen to paper on a new four-and-a-half-year deal at Molyneux. Hodge made his Premier League debut last month and has featured 10 times for the first team this season. Also Celtic in action today. Yes, yeah, so Celtic leading 4-0 at home to Greenock Morton in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup. Kyogo has scored twice for the boys there and Holders Rangers will continue the defence of their title at St Johnston this evening. That's a half-five kickoff. What is off in terms of sport across the water? Yes, yeah, so sporting fixtures across Britain really uh, being hit by the cold temperatures. Um, Blackpool versus Huddersfield in the Championship has been postponed. That's because of a frozen pitch. So we'll have to wait and see uh, Mick McCarthy's first game in charge of Blackpool there. That's also the case in League 1 for Lincoln against Burton and in League 2 plenty of games off there other fixtures called off yesterday as well and there's also uh, racing off at Haydock uh, so no racing in Haydock today but here at home there was a pitch and inspection at the Athletic Grounds that was ahead of the Dr McKenna Cup final between Derry and Tyrone this evening that game will go ahead as scheduled throwing there is at 6 o'clock You've been watching much of this Liverpool-Chelsea game Will? Yeah, I mean, very scrappy defending early on from Liverpool for the potential Kai Havertz goal. Bailed out a little bit by VAR, but as it worked out, Havertz's foot uh, was out in front at the edge of the six-yard box. One, I'm surprised the linesman wasn't able to make the call on because Mm. the six-yard box almost gave a natural uh, line for the offside call. But um, since then, you know, Liverpool still looks susceptible to concede goals. It's only two clean sheets in their last 12, and they've both been games, one in the EFL Cup and one in the FA Cup fourth-round replay where Cuevin Geller was in goal. They have issues... Uh, definitely with defending at the moment. Kai Havertz being fit is obviously a big boost for Chelsea. I think we're all waiting to see what kind of impact Mudrick can have if he yeah, comes on in the second soon. half. Yeah. And he's watching on currently. He's obviously not played football for a while. And they just have so many players in similar positions. And the other one that's intriguing to watch, I think it's been more of an issue for Liverpool in attack than in defence, as the TV camera shows up Trent Alexander-Arnold watching on, is that James Milner hasn't offered a huge amount when Liverpool have got into attacking situations. Chelsea have been happy enough to let Liverpool have the ball out on that side. So Gaelic games-wise, you're all excited in Wexford about this evening? Absolutely, yeah. The bright lights coming down to Wexford Park. Wexford playing Kilkenny in the, the Walsh Cup. Each side hoping to advance to the final there. Uh, Wexford having put on a, a whole day's worth of entertainment there. There's a, a kids' game, there's fireworks. There's all sorts of plenty of great stuff there. 12,500 uh, going for a Walsh Cup game as well. So uh, that's certainly one to keep an eye on. In some other uh, Gaelic games today, Longford play loud this afternoon in the final of the O'Byrne Cup at 2 o'clock. And in Group A of the Walsh Cup as well we have Antrim playing Galway that's a Darver from two as well Half one we have a Saturday panel with Enda Gormley Tony Scullion and Conneth Gilligan on Glen against Kilmacud and then at half two we have Michael Fenley speaking about Ballyhale and Dunloy Will O'Callaghan presenter of the club championship show is it a Ballyhale Kilmacud double tomorrow? Yeah, I think the hurling certainly it would be the shock of all shocks if Dunloy were to pull it off. It's their fifth All Ireland final, sixth if you include the replay in 1995. And unfortunately for them and for Gregory O'Kane, their manager, who was involved in all of those games as a player and has been involved in all their success as selector, coach, or manager since. 
I just I can't see it. I just get the feeling that St. Thomas's were that little bit off the boil in the semi-final. That's not to take any credit away from the way that Dunloy hurled, but it's very difficult to see them meet the standard that we saw from Ballyhale Shamrocks in their semi-final victory against Ballygunner. Second half of that particularly, they were so, so impressive. And Ballyhale have got so many options across their team, the Shamrocks. If um, one of their scorers is out of form, they've got hurlers of the year and young hurlers of the year available. The football is going to be a grind. I would not be one bit surprised if that game goes to extra time, lads. Between like last year. And Kill McCud. <laughs> and then Kill McCud's muscle memory maybe kicks in a little bit. Like I love the idea that Robbie Brennan, their manager, since the cup presentation took place of the yes. American Cup, he has had a screensaver of Kilku lifting the cup ever since. And that has been their driving force throughout the season. Are your screensavers polite now? Mine is, mine is perfectly polite. I've, uh, is, it, is it Hank, your dog? Uh, it was Hank for a while. I've gone for a plain one now, but uh, I did have Hank for a little while. It's not like you know Nathan Murphy or Joe Malloy or something on here um, <laughs> trying to get something back at them. Um, but you know, whatever motivation Kilmacroaks need, and even listen to some of the comments from their players this week, they have definitely not enjoyed all of the noise from outside about Shane Walsh's transfer into the club as well. So that debate will continue on. But Glenn have been really good at stopping teams. Their midfield is probably the best in the club championship. Midfield was an issue for Kilmico Croaks in the semi-final. And as a result, I've gone back and forth about who I think is going to get through after extra time. I probably edge ever so slightly towards Kilmico, but Glenn are there to take their chance. First time in the Ireland club final and looking to try and convert it into a success. Did you change the screen so much? And I actually have uh, my wife as well, my as you my, should. My new as you wife, should. So I'd be killed if I changed it at all now. So I'd have to <laughs> have to be safe there. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Rod Sterling as my screensaver, so we'll move on swiftly. Very good. Um, now we got commentary of Munster and Toulouse in the Hannigan Champions Cup here and off the ball on News Talk tomorrow, but there's. A- Irish provinces in action today in the competition. Yeah, Leinster conceal home advantage for the round of 16 with a win against Racing 92 this afternoon. Leo Cullenside already assured of a place in the knockout stages. They're chasing a 16th straight victory in the quarter past three kickoff at the Aviva Stadium. And despite losing their opening three pool games, Ulster can still qualify, which just shows up the uh, the strange nature of the competition this year. They need a win against Sale Sharks at Kingspan Stadium this evening if they're to have any chance of progressing and they need a the games between Montpellier and Claremont to go their way as well. But we can hear now from number eight, Dwayne Vermeulen, who says that they haven't shown the best of themselves this year, but there is still an opportunity to make a name in this competition. Obviously, uh, another disappointing result for us. Um, you know, it's it's the third or fourth time this season that we, well, almost in a row, that we um, end up losing in the last, last couple of minutes. And... Um, you know, for us, I think it's just it is avoidable penalties that can uh, that we can that we can work on. Um, definitely, as individuals, that we that we can change and um, just put our put our game in the right direction. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously, walking away from from that game, I think uh, walked away against the defending champions. Um, you know, uh, feeling that we could have won that game. And um, I think the boys are actually really proud in in the effort um, that they put in, and um, you know the the way they work for for one another on that pitch. And you know this coming weekend we will need that again, once again. So um, yeah, a d- difficult one for us, but uh, a lot of positives to take out of it. And going in the training today, did you feel that there was a confidence from Saturday? 
Yeah, um, yeah, I must say yes. It, it, it's a it was a big conference. I, I think it surely started in our in our team meeting um, with the coaches um, aligning aligning uh, everyone just to be on the on the same page, and then uh, running out onto the training pitch. You know, everyone knew exactly what what we what we need to do, and um, you know that we still got a shot um, to get into that um, group of sixteen. So. Uh, yeah, uh, very confident and, uh, and a good good vibe in in the squad. And Saturday is going to essentially be a knockout game. Are you excited for it? Well, you don't play this this game just to you know just to compete. Um, obviously, you want to you want to play to win, and uh, you know this is the the last opportunity for us to to get into that uh, to get into the the knockout stages and. Uh, and it's 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 our last swing at it, and hopefully we can uh, you know we can we can achieve that. Yes, looking at some of the other games on today, already qualified Connacht are away to the Newcastle Falcons in the Challenge Cup. That's from half five. A losing bonus point would be enough to give Andy Friend's team a home tie in the last sixteen. Uh, will you're watching Andy Murray exit the Australian Open earlier? Yeah, it was one of those matches where you kind of feel the 10-plus hours he had on the court during the week didn't help his cause. It's not easy either with his hip particularly, and the fact that he was out in the court until 4am on Thursday, um, had a day and a little bit to get recovery, to come up against a very good player in Batista Gut as well. And you know when he got it back to one set all and actually got a break up in the third, you're thinking maybe Murray's going to kick into action, but he wasn't comfortable after that, and a good powered home to win by three sets to one. Andy Murray was very quickly off the court. I got the impression that the host broadcaster probably wanted to try and have a word, and maybe they want to do what they did in 2019 and retire him from the Australian Open. Um, but he was very quickly down the tunnel, so we didn't get any comments from Andy Murray after the match. My feeling would be with the way that he's played um, this week, there's definitely a few more slams in the along the way but it probably remains in the air whether he'll be back in Melbourne for next season Novak Djokovic no such problems he is still feeling in his hamstring at various times during the match he was flicking between the two earlier on he was feeling the back of his leg but went through in straight sets against Grigor Dimitrov no real problems for Djokovic has a couple of days now to recover and he's back out for around four next week and there were no real problems for the women's top seeds today so after a week where we've had multiple shocks like Rafa Nadal uh, getting knocked out earlier this week the men's game particularly Novak Djokovic looks very much on course for what would be slam 22 Liverpool nil Chelsea nil at half time the whistle has got at Anfield for the break so no goals so far and it's great to see Aiden, uh, Shane Lowry who won it's, uh, maybe this is an omen in 2019 he won the Abu Dhabi Championship he went on to win the Open that year and he's now storming through on moving day yeah, he's on top of the leaderboard following day three. Uh, the former Open champion shot a six under round of 66 today. That moves him to 13 under par. He's in a three-way tie for the lead alongside Minwoo Lee and Francesco Molinari. Uh, it's been a decent day for the Irish overall. Podrick Harrington up to 11 under after carding a third round at 64 today, while Seamus Power will go into the final day at seven under par and still in with a chance for a top 10 finish for the Waterford man. The Little Ladies National Football League getting underway this weekend. Yeah, All-Ireland Champions Mead beginning the defence of their Division 1 title this evening. The Royals make the trip to DCU to face their rivals Dublin at a quarter past five. That's Mead's first campaign under new manager Davy Nelson, of course. And Galway host last year's beaten finalists Donegal at Tume Stadium from two o'clock.
a cricket news? Yeah, Harry Tector has become the fastest player to reach 1,000 runs for Ireland in day one international cricket. He scored 75 this morning to help Ireland to set Zimbabwe a target of 295 runs. And last time we checked there, Zimbabwe 80 for one off 17 overs. I will not be watching uh, Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith this evening. I've no interest in it, but um, what's the latest about it, uh, Aidan? Yeah, both those guys hoping to move a step closer to world title fights when they clash in Manchester this evening. A big rivalry between the middleweights, but they've apologised after trading insults ahead of the contest. Uh, there was controversy during the week. There was a press conference on Thursday where Smith called was called out for perceived homophobic insults towards his opponent. But Eubank responded that the way in yesterday by wearing a rainbow armband and tweeting his support for the LGBT community. The fighters are due to head to the ring if you are planning to watch for about 10 o'clock this evening. I'd rather be washing my hair, I have to say. Disgraceful comments from Liam Smith, absolutely from the gutter. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, I think as well, there's been plenty of calls for him potentially to have his licence for tonight revoked because of the comments. Not going to happen, though. I think that also wouldn't be fair on Eubank because Eubank lost his last fight as well, like lost it because yeah. um, he lost his payday as part of it. So he obviously wants this as an important fight along his career. So therefore, why punish the guy who is not making the comments? Um, possibly strip the purse. I mean, that might be the easier way to do it. But um, Thursday afternoon was uncomfortable watching for anyone to watch the press conference. Arsenal Man United tomorrow. We have the game live and off the ball as well. Uh, Will, given your uh, Man United um, affiliation, was there a favourite moment from all those great battles in the uh, in the nineties and the noughties? Was it the FA Cup semi final nineteen ninety nine? Was it the A two in recent years? Was it? I think the best period of Arsenal as Man United was maybe a little bit later than that. Obviously, Arsenal will point to winning the Premier League at Old Trafford and Will the height of that rivalry there. And then, as you said, like the FA Cup game in 1999. But I always felt that the rivalry was almost at its hottest during the absolute pomp of Keane and Vieira, just the other side of the millennium. And those games just had that little bit of edge and nastiness about them, particularly into, I think, the mid-2000s. And then after that, Arsenal went a little bit off the boil after they made their stadium move and maybe the teams weren't competing for trophies together as often as they were. But there was that really defining period of Wenger against Ferguson. Some very, very entertaining games, both at Old Trafford and at Highbury along the way. And that was a white-hot rivalry. When you think about it, it's a bit like Chelsea and Liverpool today. It's amazing how the table position makes a difference when it comes to the rivalry. The heat is out of it. You can even, I know early games aren't the best games for Edge, but the Benitez, Mourinho, the whole thing was... Yeah, both both these teams sitting 10 points off. Even when you look back at last season where they were very tightly contested and two of the meetings turned out the Cups were decided and they went to penalties. A bit more about that than today. While the Arsenal-United rivalry now for... While it was a case of looking back at nostalgia, usually when these games are coming around on the weekend, there's a tremendous amount on the line. And particularly for Arsenal right now, because we wondered where their title credentials would be at, John, when they had to navigate some difficult games. To have won the North London Derby last week and say if they were to get a win against Manchester United tomorrow, then you would say they've come through two of their more difficult fixtures which are left. They still have to play City twice, which is a big part of the title race. And many of us are assuming that City will win those games and therefore Arsenal will get reeled in. But if Arsenal keep that buffer before they play against City... I think this is one of the real tests they have in what's the second half of the season plus one game for Arsenal. You're back in Arsenal to win the title, Aidan. I was, yeah, and I'm feeling a bit more confident about it now. I think this is probably the biggest test left for them. Obviously, you know, it's Manchester United who have had that bit of a resurgence in recent weeks, but I think Arsenal, they just look more comfortable now. You're kind of expecting them to to kind of, for the pressure to kind of collapse onto them and 
it hasn't really happened and yet this was a side that we've always kind of criticised Arsenal because they don't have leaders and you know Granit Xhaka isn't really captain material and where are they going to find somebody that's going to dig them out and yes the answer really was that everybody has kind of stepped up there hasn't really been a leader of this Arsenal side because they haven't really needed one they haven't needed a blood and guts thunder defender that's going to you know kind of drag guys by the scruff of the neck every player has just stepped up that bit more and it's, it's kind of coming from the backroom team it's coming from the fans and I think everybody has just taken that step forward in, in recent weeks and it's really worked out for Arsenal Now remember as you're binging on sport this weekend folks pick out your best performance of the weekend whether it's a player, manager even the ref tune in to OTB's Instagram page tomorrow evening Sunday leave your selection in the comments under our performance rankings post if your selection matches our topic live on Monday's OTB AM you're with the chance then of winning a Gillette ProGlide razor skin guard shaving gel and ProGlide refill blaze pack that is the Gillette Labs performance rankings for an effortless finish to your day Will O'Callaghan who are your Premier League winners? Man City Yeah I'll be the same I, and do you know what John Thursday night feels really important your team Spurs in the course ah, they were the dreadful no but like when, when Spurs were 2-0 up City have had a bad run of form yeah. Arsenal have got yeah. the buffer at the top you're wondering if there's going to be a response and then big players like Riyamarez and Haaland step up and get them it the really result. felt like the last, se- the last day of the season where Aston Villa went 2 up and you thought maybe this is t- the time when you know Man City are going to throw it away and yet they just didn't they Grealish just has been great throw. recently by the way Yeah, he's been yeah. excellent and I think Pep was brilliant with the psychology after the game as well putting it up to his players putting it up to the fans putting it up to everybody and tactically you got it right he made the change in midfield second half which allowed City to overload Tottenham now you can talk about probably Tottenham's attitude in the second half and the way they let the game slip but I think you have to give a lot of credit to what City have done and City are the type of team I think who can just go on a run 10, ten wins in a row kind and of that's thing. what we all I think, yeah. expect, yeah. expect. Yeah. but I would love it if Arsenal were to stay a bit ahead yeah. and City have got a huge chase to try and catch and up and they meet each other a few times as well so we're looking forward to those games thanks so much for the moment Will O'Callaghan and Aidan Delaney for the news round after France win the first game against New Zealand I think that sets the tone I think they're the best team in the world I'm going to go Ireland I'm going to get off the fence once and for all this is our best chance Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now